and you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 77 of the Collabcast for Thursday, July 21st, 2016. I'm Marvin. I'm Minji. And we are your host for this show <laughs> so about pop culture and Asian America things. Thoughts about things and stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> welcome to this very focused discussion. Oh yeah, we're very, very... I'm still exhausted from Saturday. I don't know about you. Uh, well, your voice is gone, so... <laughs> I so, sound lovely. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Please tweet about Minji's amazing voiceless voice this week. My <laughs> sticky shoe. <laughs> Does anyone watch Friends? Smelly cat. It's Phoebe, Phoebe's phlegm voice. My sticky. Anyway. And joining us this week, we have two very special guests from Netflix's Marco Polo, Leonard Wu, and Remy He. He. Got it. Should have asked you this before we started. <laughs> we're, we're, we're already underway. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Welcome. guys. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Remy Remy came a long way. I did. Traveled all the way from Sydney to be here today. So thanks yeah. very much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's our honor. It's our first accent <laughs> oh on God. the podcast. So it's very, very special. <laughs> I really can't. I really our can't. first authentic like, accent because Minji's been doing her cockney Shut up. every oh, once no. in a while. Stop putting me on the spot. It comes out naturally when the time calls for it. We kind of had, well, Aquafina has her New York. No, it's not a. Yeah. She kind of has that New York accent, New York. But it's not the same. Sydney's pretty. I love the Australian accent, so we're very happy to have you here. <laughs> Specifically for your accent and nothing. No other reason. Just, <laughs> just a little bit just of spice of life over here. And that voice in the background is um, our friend Josh Hahn, who you may remember from episode... Hey, He's lurking. 50-something. <laughs> Josh, as you remember, was a stuntman for this latest season of Marco Polo, and he talked his two... Uh, co-stars into joining us what did you use to bribe them oh, we can talk about that later it's fine they're all still sporting their uh, mongolian facial hair and long beautiful locks <laughs> marvin's very jealous he's like mine comes in splotches <laughs> oh no, no i can't pull off what remy has unfortunately i'm not that i'm not that cool my character didn't have to have facial hair thank god yeah you're like work yeah. that into the into the contract yeah yeah unless it's makeup it's not happening no, it's not happening <laughs> Well, we're going to talk to you guys a little bit more about Marco Polo later, your experiences making this show and this new upcoming season. Um, but first, we're going to start off with our roundtable discussion. But before we do that, um, kind of reiterating what we started off last week with is just the world right now is having a really hard time being cool. Like it just can't mm. be cool right no now. No one's being cool. No one's being cool. It's no chill. Domestic no chill. or abroad. <laughs> yeah, Thank no. you. <laughs> See, you just summed it up. And yeah, no, like it just seems like every week something else terrible is happening um so just want to reiterate that you know it may seem like it's really hard to fix things but just remember you know you're you can affect your immediate surroundings more than anyone else so just be good to those around you and if everyone does that the world will become a better place you know sometimes it just starts with you be chill yeah be cool be cool that's a movie with um vince vaughn mm. and the rock <laughs> Anyways, I don't know why they're skating. <laughs> I'm a little out of it. Clearly, I'm not like as sharp as usual or ever. Well, each and every week, we start off the podcast with a roundtable pop culture discussion where we talk about what's on our minds in the world of entertainment and Asian American Or just culture. in the world. It doesn't yeah. have to be entertainment. So let's start this week with uh, Smelly Cat here. Minji why Chang. am I? Okay. What's on your mind? Um... I don't want to be the downer. I'm always the downer. Let's just get the downer stuff out of the way. Okay. Well, it actually coincides with the show that we had last Saturday, but I had definitely been thinking about what happened in Nice. And um, just, again, this is this is the, the awful thing, is that we, we're all talking about our feelings and letting this be a space where we can discuss, obviously, what's real and happening in the world. But the last several podcasts has been just... <laughs> 
getting worse and worse and not to fixate on that but this is something that just devastated me and there's always you know people then turned it into like well what about turkey like turkey the next day or the same day oh the coup the coup coup. like there's just always things going on and so that hand in that's been on my mind and then that in light of we were preparing for a show and i was hosting so i was very mindful of how much do i want to talk about it and if i do in what way how do i frame it um and i chose that i wanted to just acknowledge it because it's something that i don't think we ought to ignore but i wanted to it uh ask everybody in the audience and the finalists, all the artists that were going to be on stage that we, we make it our intention to like bring light to everybody because I think the world was in need of some laughter and some joy and some positivity. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like you guys are world travelers. You guys are artists and like we're emotional creatures like everybody is. But I feel like as, as artists, we are always taking the world in and it, in it's in a, there's like a, a level of sensitivity because we're always just kind of like watching and being a sponge. Um, and you guys are li- like taking care of business and getting ready for season three or, you know, whatnot. And how's that been for you guys? I just want this to be a circle of safe space to get your well, opinions. And look, thoughts. I, I mean, I, I was in Nice a month ago. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. It was my first time there. Um, and so the news of it, uh, shocked me, um, more than anything could have, because, you know, the city that I, so there were where I was in Nice, nice was um yeah, it's, it's a completely beautiful, really um, cultured, ethnically diverse um, city, and I guess uh, what that made me realize is that um, you know I I I I don't want to say like um, that no that nowhere is safe, um, but it's it's just. I think more than ever, you can never take for, for granted the, the power, as you were saying before, of, of love and that um, we need now more than ever to be spreading positivity within our communities and not forget that um, that is the most powerful message to spread of all. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be crazy that you were there a month ago. Yeah, Cause... yeah. And, you know, w- walking down that street, like it was so surreal to see the um, video images uh, coming out in the news just following the attack and thinking... Like, you know, such a place of celebration on, on Bastille yeah. Day, nonetheless, could be like the scene of such horrific, horrific crime. Um, but, uh, you know, again, to just turn around and look at the immediate outpouring of support from people all around the world. Um, I, I think that there is so much to take heart in that alone. Absolutely. And, and know that while, you know, bad things might be happening, that there are always people there to, um, to you know, put us back on the right of the, the, the right track. Right. Leonard, thoughts? Um, yeah, it's it's, it's tough. Um, you know, I, I look at I look at all these situations, and it's almost like this is kind of the brave new world. I guess this is unfortunately becoming the norm. Um, and what I think one of the things that I had such a benefit I'd never been before season two of Marco Polo. I'd never been to Europe. I'd never been to Southeast Asia, wow. and now I have this global community of friends and family. I mean, they're really family to me from Marco Polo. Mm -hmm. And it just um, makes everything closer. Like as soon as it happened, I'm reaching out to our friends in France, you know, checking in on everybody. And that's just the thing is like the intent of extremist groups on from on any side from any faction is is that their goal is to create fear and to cause division. And we can't give into that. Otherwise, they win. As you guys, you know, as we kind of, kind of reiterating here is, it's all about kindness. It's all about love. Um, nothing is black and white, and uh, we have to approach it. These these kinds of situations with you know, uh, a lot of love and care. Yeah, because I think that at the end of the day, fear, xenophobia, um, all of the things that that can come out of these things, it, it, it's it's the worst way. Absolutely, it's the worst yeah. way to um to approach and to address yeah. the, the situations. Yeah. Right. And it's just it's it's unfortunate not to get completely political, but we have a lot of leaders in the world right now who are uh, using that, you know, as a platform. Right. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I think that's unfortunate um, because if you're not if you're not the norm, the quote unquote norm, if you're not the status quo, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, to people that will easily buy into that fear, you become a target. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean. 
we've discussed this before on this podcast as well. Like the world's hurling towards a more diverse, more inclusive place if mm. we let it. But, you know, the political systems that we've created, the democracies and, you know, how people stay in power, um, a lot of them have discovered that by stroking fear, by creating this nationalist, like this kind of second wave of nationalism that really we haven't seen since like the First World War, right? right? That they can stay in power, they can galvanize fear and, mm -hmm. you know, use that to collect power. And we might have leaders who may not believe it, but see this as the way to win. Right. Right. And then because of that, you have all this trickle-down effect where kind of feel like humans in general, as much as we're individuals, we want to be individuals. Like there's a lot of people who just want to be told what to do and to, <laughs> to be, to follow. Right. Maybe they don't even want that, but they succumb to that yeah. a lot easier. Like they're just kind of led and you say something they'll be like, okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you look at the way that our systems are like, corporate systems are set up or military systems or just leadership, right? It's always been that leadership model where the best, the most efficient factories didn't have a lot of little artists doing their own thing. They had people doing one thing and be happy about it, right? Cogs in the machine. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of just, I don't know. I kind of feel like what we're seeing now is kind of a result of that type of leadership structure in our companies, you know, right. in, in, in our, in our day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Right. But that's like, and that's what I, and who who's to say what impact I'll I'll have or collaboration we'll have or our friends because we were friends with so many different artists of varying mediums and platforms. But to say I just again I wanted to put my thought out there while I could while I had the power <laughs> of the host mic, you know, just to say I believe in the power of creativity in impacting emotion because as much as like fear is being leveraged and used and manipulated to maintain or like you know direct power to xyz person or system i believe that's our fight like yeah if if we're going to if there's any way that we can influence through the power of a show or a skit or a song or a lip sync battle whatever right if we're gonna let that be our voice and our you know action against yeah all the things that media and you know all this garbage that we're being fed there needs to be a reaction and i that's what i wanted to like tell people like if you walk out this door and remember that you have the power a to think critically and not just like absorb everything that's being told to you as truth as gospel and be like let what other people give to you in terms of positivity let that be something you reflect back to others that does really make a difference even though you can't see it on like a macro level because maybe you don't know like you don't know how that will make a difference but that was my way of integrating it into the show Not totally i think That's i think right. yeah i think uh you know art is history and it's a reaction and a reflection to what is happening within that artist's life yeah so um it's absolutely important and you know people may rip on it for what it is that you know uh it's <laughs> frivolous it, yeah, it's and frivolous it's and all that stuff but yeah. you know it is existed since the dawn of civilization yeah. hand in hand with history so and yeah. there's a, something to be said about that yeah and, and there's a reason why artists and journalists are the first to be rounded up in a totality like in like a dictatorship because that is the voice of the people and what gives the people voices right Absolutely. I, I was having a funny conversation we we're just saying like <laughs> well who has more influence even with like our candidates is saying like Hillary Clinton or Selena Gomez. <laughs> like, honestly, they're going to listen to what Selena says. I don't want to know what the answer to that question is. <laughs> hey, you know. These I mean, are discussions hey, happening are, in the, in the no, dressing people, room. I, people are saying, like, could you put Pokemon stations at voting polls? Oh, right, yeah. so exactly. That people, I'm like, so, so, you know, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's a good thing, but yeah. I think more people are playing Pokemon that then will we'll go vote. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so, hell yeah. yes, they so. are. So yeah, all of it's kind. Of, it's it's bringing all these conversations to life. So I appreciate that. At least people are talking about it and like figuring out how they fit into the grand scheme of things. But that mm. was, yeah. I, it was a good moment. So I'm sending hugs out to everyone. That's my table topic. And I also want to remind everyone else, like the same way that I feel. I, I, 
at times when I hear these like news pieces, I feel incredibly powerless and I feel like, why is the world going to hell right now? And this hurts and I feel very hopeless. But at the same time, it was really encouraging to be around my collaboration family because that reminded me I might not be everybody or the biggest, most like powerful, important person, but I'm somebody and I'm going to use this microphone in this setting, in this place and time to say what I want. And so I hope that other people can help. Like, don't drown out your own voice just because you can get lost in that feeling. Um, because, dude, speak your truth <laughs> to be completely hippie. Embrace your power. Mm. <laughs> and it's my birthday today when we're recording this. So oh, that's like birthday, a birthday. reminder yeah. to myself, too, because I'm like, I have to start this year off with, <laughs> with hope. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, Minji. Thank you. By now, you would have been mm, and three days. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone masks my age, and I'm the Lazarus. I'm like, I'll talk about it. <laughs> Let's go on my topic. Um, give our guests a little more time to think about their topic. But um, the Emmy nominations came out last week. Yes. And this year is especially important for our community in general because we finally have, like, horses in the race, yeah. you know? It's the best day of the year. I'm going to get the photo you just said. Um, so we have two to three shows now with starring Asian American cast lead characters. The only one that got any love was Aziz Ansari got nominated for his role in Master of None as well as him and his writing partner, um, Alan Yang, got nominated for writing it. So I guess I just wanted to bring that up, you know, celebrate a little bit, but also say, how come no Constance Wu or Randall Park in there? I think Constance for sure. I mean, I love Randall, but Constance has been slain. Yeah. Yeah, In due time. It'll happen. Yeah. In due time. No, but props to Aziz, like, did you guys watch it, Master oh, of yeah. None? <laughs> yeah, we were in Malaysia when it came out, uh, Masters of None. And I just, I watched it and I was like, what is this pure genius? Like, <laughs> like I just it fell in love with it right away. And I just like, yeah, just sat in my hotel room and binge watched the hell out of it. It was, it was so refreshing. I mean, uh, I think like uh, Indians on TV, that episode Indians on TV. Was that like, was so good. It was like everything any ethnic actor has ever felt yeah. was like put yeah. into that episode. It was fantastic. The guy doing lunges, <laughs> he's yes. just doing burpees yeah, yeah. in the back. I love him. Sorry, I mean, that was the genius of the episode, showing like three very different Indian yeah. dudes. Yeah, you know, and one of them was like a total meathead. Yeah. Which, you know, the the women one. What, what, that was like towards the end of the season. The one with the women. That was toward the, the last half. It was yeah. it was like the la- second or last episode, but the one about women too. In the first five minutes of that episode, he said everything that I've been complaining mm-hmm. about about women. That you can have like normal men in any TV show, but the women have to look like they stepped out of like a Victoria's Secret catalog. Right, right, right. <laughs> and they're all working for the FBI, yeah. apparently. <laughs> like, yeah. Any procedural show means hot women and okay right, men. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. But I think it's also awesome that he was able to get all these accolades. Yeah. While being a, it's kind of streaming is becoming considered television now. Whereas, you know, yeah, yeah. before, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been, every time I get interviewed about this stuff, I'm like, well, Marco Polo is streaming and it wouldn't have happened on a traditional network because yeah. they wouldn't have taken the chance. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like I kudos to Netflix for being brave and putting up stuff like Aziz's show, putting up Marco Polo, you know, doing Jessica Jones, which is a very female strong, like, yeah. you know. Orange is the new black. Orange is the new black, you know, so. Yes. Yeah. Love yeah. all of it. <laughs> Man, so. I got to watch the Emmys this year. I like. It. I just Check read it about out. it now. I want to watch it. <laughs> and isn't that a great kind of reflection as well, um, showing where the level of TV is at? Mm-hmm. Um, that the TV is kind of um, the major proponent of change in the industry at the moment. Coming off the back of what happened with last Oscars, mm-hmm. you know, right. yeah. yeah, and all the conversation about diversity that was happening there. I mean, look at TV now, sort of really taking the reins of that one and um, and playing forward. I mean. You know, I mean, there are a couple of names snubbed, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and politics is always going to be a big, big player in award season time. But uh, I think it's a great time to uh, celebrate, to celebrate yeah. the diversity yeah. that's happening. Now we're yeah. going to start having Emmys parties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely an exciting yeah. time. Like the beginning of something special, I think. And you guys are part of that. I think that's so cool for you guys to like. It's exciting. It was, it was really yeah. exciting to see where it's going to go from here. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully this will be Aziz's year. Go Aziz. Treat yourself. <laughs> All right. Do you guys have topics? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Off, the, off the back of that, um, 
keeping on TV. Uh, I mean, I arrived in the States like a little bit over a month ago and I've just been like loving how much television there is over here as opposed <laughs> to back home. Like, you know, we've only got like a couple of channels back home. And I'm like, what the hell is they this? All, they all play TV. home and away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or neighbors. Like, and yeah. Being, yeah. Now I've got like hundreds of channels and I never leave my house. Um, They're but saying I, that's the problem with the United States. <laughs> Um, but I got into this amazing show called uh, HBO Silicon Valley. Mm. You know, um, they're at the third season now. Yeah, and, um, I just finished that myself. A couple of Emmy noms in there for for um, a few of the cast and crew on Silicon Valley. Um, and and I've been loving it. You know, I mean, I've been I've binge watched about two seasons in all of a week. I'm almost finished Dang. the third. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. It's a, so you're it's not a enjoying LA smart. outside. You're uh, yeah, enjoying yeah, LA in your room. I'm from the inside. Room. Yeah, yeah. I'm, enjoy, <laughs> I'm enjoying uh, Palo Alto. Very um, nice. From the comfort of my uh, from my lounge room. But um, you know, it it kind of made me want to ask the question though. It's all representation, good representation, and this is a dangerous question. Um, and I know that there are a lot of divided um, opinions and thoughts on this, but I I, I couldn't help but find myself looking at the character of Jen Yang. Mm. Now, um, first of all, uh, Jen Yang is played by um, an excellent actor and very, very funny comedian, Jimmy O. Yang. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, funny Asian dude. Funny Asian dude. Yeah, yeah, he's a hilarious guy to follow. And as I understand, he's a friend of you guys as yeah. well. He's been on, 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 on He the hosted podcast. before. He hosted before. our Collaboration Star Show and he's yeah. been in Collaboration LA. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, so I was watching the show and... Um, I mean, Silicon Valley uh, is a very, very well-cast show. And, um, you know, they have an incredible amount of diversity from within the show. And then they have a character um, like Jin Yang. And, I, you know, I want to preface this as well and um, say that this is absolutely no slight to, um, to Jimmy's wonderful portrayal of the character that was given to him on the page at all. I think he does an, a tremendous job in his comedic timing and everything like that. But, yeah. um, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say it. I was really, really disappointed. I was really, really disappointed to see that, um, you know, here you've got a, a great, great TV show with a large audience um, and, and, and the ability to kind of do what they want and say what they want. And they include a, a Chinese character who in every scene, unfortunately, the he's only there for uh, comedic relief mm -hmm. to make a joke. And every single time that joke is at the expense of his ethnicity, his race, mm -hmm. his non-understanding of English or his uncouth. Uh, mainland Chinese behavior, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I and I, I felt really disappointed by that. And I, I can't help but feel like that a lot of Asians out there watching the show must feel the same. Um, you know, may, yeah. I mean, you, you can still laugh at it. You can still find it funny. But I mean, this is 2016. Can't, can't we do better? And it's Silicon Valley. I'm yeah. just like, we were talking about this before. Like, I grew up there and I was like... Silicon Valley is like sixty percent Asian. Like yeah, yeah. the fact yeah. that that's the my, my the sis main... my sister lives there, and you yeah, know, her, I'm like yeah. I don't know that wor that world of you know. And of course, there's gonna be obviously people from Asia with accents, but like yeah, there's 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 a larger swath than that. There's that, a vast that majority can, yeah. of Asians that are there sound like me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you know, and, yeah, now, just... and, and Jimmy O Yang is uh, has, I mean he has an American yeah, accent, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So you've got someone who's who, who's been asked to put on like a very very sort of thick Chinese accent, and then you know you've got scenes about him leaving smelly fish heads in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> you've got scenes about him not knowing how to take out the garbage because you know yeah. it's not what they do back home, and like him smoking indoors and yeah. all this kind of stuff, and it and it just adds up. And uh, yeah, I mean the thing with that show is it's a show about. I always feel like it's like Big Bang Theory, but done better because it's a show about nerds. Right. right, engineers, socially inept, but really good at what they do. And they, they do have the character that Kumail Nanjiani plays, who's like a Pakistani mm -hmm. coder, who's like, you know, he's badass at what he does, but he's you know, weird around girls. Well, I guess to that, okay, so this is, I got to preface this with, uh, I, I don't watch the show, but then I guess the question for me would be, okay, there's that portrayal of a Pakistani character and then a character from, I guess, mainland China. So how are they portraying the white characters then in respect? Like how how are they coming across? Oh them? look, everyone. I think everyone it's on the show is, is is written flawed. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, and everyone's got you know their their ups and their downs. Right. But I think that if you were to find the least dimensional character on the show, it would easily be um, again mm -hmm. Jin Yang. Okay. And I and I, I just mean, thought you know like here it seems like you've just literally created um, a character of mixed stereotypes and um, you know. Made made that just a right. low hanging fruit. It's it's easy. Yeah. It's yeah. easy picking. Not, not yeah, a whole lot. Not, not a lot of ho not a whole lot of growth yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, they, they do their best with his. I think the problem with this, especially that character, is he was written a certain way for like a joke during the first season, 
another in season three, the world has changed. Yeah. But the character is still the character. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they did empower his character a little bit by making him like savvy enough to know that he can squat in the house without like being kicked out because right. of America's broken housing laws. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's part of, you know, Yay. giving him some... <laughs> I'm, I'm, to be honest, something. I'm kind of uh, surprised they didn't make the Asian squat joke there with that. <laughs> I know, yeah. I was going to say, I yeah. was like, which squat are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, my yeah, I mean, he can't just magically lose his accent. And I think this, I don't know, I don't know the writing room, but it does seem like squandered opportunity. Exactly. Like, you have such a great comedic talent in Jimmy. And we've worked with him before. He's like, he's hilarious. Well, it sounds like they made him like a series regular. So hopefully they yeah, will explore yeah. that yeah. growth finally. Yeah. yeah. Rightfully so. And, so I'd, and I'd like to see that, you know, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to see them kind of um, turn um, that, that character around or at least, you know, like address yeah. um, so, some of the concerns about it. But, you know, I mean, uh, one other thing that I um, thought about when... Um, I was coming here to the podcast. Like I, I went and searched. I went on Google and I typed into Google, uh, you know, to see if anyone else was kind of having these these feelings as well. But you know what? When you type on uh, Silicon Valley and racism into Google, there, there, there's really nothing. There's actually nothing. There's like one uh, Huffington Post article that uh, that mentions uh, the character of Jin Yang in like one line mm-hmm. um, and questions that. But but really, I mean, like the the vast majority of um, the commentary about his character has gone unspoken. Hmm. And I kind of wonder, you know, why that is, because it's, 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 it, I think it's something too. that's, that's worth being brought up. And yeah. yeah and it yeah. says a lot. I think Just, it's again, invisible character. Like why, yeah. why do we care? Well, who cares? I think there's a part of us that's ingrained culturally that just accepts that. That's right. just how. So that's let's, let, be. let's flip it around. Yeah. You know, if the character of Jin Yang was a black guy and now there aren't a lot of black guys on Silicon Valley, yeah. I'll say that as well. But say, say for instance, he was. And if you were to transpose all the jokes made at Jin Yang's expense right. um, with Out- like outrage. typically African-American stereotypes, right. yeah. I can't imagine that people would take that sitting down. And yeah. I really want to question that. Why is it okay for uh, one, one ethnic group to be right. the butt of jokes, yeah. um, but, yeah. you know, not another? I, it's I'm just, reliving I think, Santa uh, Monica right now. Well, I, think, I think, Rummy, I think you bring up a great point in terms of like, it's, it's funny because it's something that I think Asian-American artists or Asian actors in general have felt. And it's only within this past year that the whole community is voicing, which right. is fantastic. Because exactly. previously, like, you've never wanted to be the one who bites exactly, the hand that feeds. Exactly. You know, just, and just, now it's like everybody's yeah. becoming very rightfully so vocal about it, which is which is refreshing and nice. So it was like three years. Uh, was it now season three? Season yeah. Three, so it's yeah. like yeah, it, it, so much has shifted already yeah. in three years. Where it's like three years ago, they were like, "Oh, we didn't <laughs> know," but it's like, okay, now you, you're you know the guy's a series regular. You're on a successful show. You don't have necessarily the excuse. So yeah. please, you know, writers of Silicon Valley. Like, yeah, you know, it's the um, whole like Indians on TV thing, level up, right? Before you went in and because that was the role, you just took it. You didn't think about it, right? Like you didn't we have thought that. about it. I'm just, I don't think it's like I. You know, I will say it. this. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. I auditioned for that role for Silicon Valley, mm. and uh, really, I did. Yes, and uh, I'm I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'm a funny guy. Um, you know, Jimmy's really really hilarious. I'm not a comedian. I'm not. I don't do stand up. I'm not. That's not really. I mean, people my can't thing. see this, but Leonard's pretty jacked. So having a really jacked like <laughs> would have been hilarious. Um, <laughs> now there's your comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mike Judge, play against type. You, you, you miss yeah. yeah. an opportunity. Yeah, but uh, you know, um, and again, right like now. like Remy said, this is not to take anything away from the performance of Jimmy because you know it's kind of like as an actor, especially as a actor, an ethnic actor, you you you're kind of get given slim pickings. You you yes, take what you absolutely. can. So. You know, I, I remember I, I got that and I was like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, it's not that I, I, I do, I do, I've done roles where I have accents. It's not about the accent. It was just like, this is like the way it was written was like it extreme feel, yeah. accent. I was like, that's the yeah. only way you could do it. I was like, oh, geez. And, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And back then I wasn't working nearly as much as I am now. And I was like, okay, I, I got it. My agent's getting me these, yeah. these auditions. Yeah. It's an HBO show. I got to go in. And yeah. I went in there and I was like, I was so over the top. It was ridiculous. And, you know, it was, uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna say I was proud with what I did, but you know. Um, That's the yeah. worst feeling too. Like I've done auditions, not not necessarily like that, but like I did one for a Japanese anime character thing, and it's just not my style. I'm nothing against anime. It's just not who I am. But I had to be ultra cutesy, mm-hmm. and like the woman in the room was this like really nice blonde lady, and she's like 
schooling me on how to be a better anime character <laughs> and i was so uncomfortable yeah. just on so many levels i was yeah. like i don't know what to do with myself right now that's yeah. the worst audition i've ever had and i haven't you know like it's probably the same as just not for an hbo show but it was for a commercial like a major brand commercial and i was like they're okay with you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah. i walk out but that's my critical eye and then i walk out questioning am i being overboard and then i've like silenced that voice since then where i'm like no i'm not being ridiculous this is this is stupid right. <laughs> but i still would do it yeah i mean i would, I would yeah, go in for the audition i wouldn't miss that opportunity yeah, yeah. i mean i think one of the things to our uh, to the viewers of or the listeners it's like i i would say uh be patient and be gracious with the actors that you see on TV because we were given, we we're at literally we're at the, the bottom of the rung. Like we have <laughs> yeah. zero we're power. Puppets. We're making yeah. no money. Yeah. And so it's like when these roles come around and again, as an ethnic actor, they come we're around. We're just lucky to not have them be snatched up by Scarlett Johansson. Exactly. You know? exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait. <laughs> got that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we're, we're just all, we're all trying to fight the same fight, but we're operating from a, a much smaller pool, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So, and what is, what is really great is when you um, see people take that, um, that mantra, be the change you want to see in the world yeah. and um, go ahead and do it. So to Aziz Ansari, I'll Absolutely. see you at the finish line, yeah. Emmy, 2016. Yeah, yeah. We're rooting yeah. for you. Yeah. I mean, or like, you know, or the, you know, the, uh, Ken Jong's and then Ken Jong's and, and Aziz's of the world, like good for you guys. Yeah. 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 I'm sure that they had to play parts that they were not particularly. Happy oh, to are play you kidding me? Yes, absolutely. Time. So, it but is you slowly gain the control that you want, and then you do what you want. But you absolutely. can't just come in the door of Hollywood and be like, "I'm going to do things." <laughs> just, that doesn't work that way. So, but also, like, there's I think there's a fine balance, which is what you're talking about, and like bringing up the subject and like we're we're evolving that conversation so that who who knows the things that Ken and Aziz have had to do may not be the things that we have to do or tolerate or put up with because exactly. that's exactly, exactly how it's evolved. That's the whole point. We don't have to move backwards. Exactly. Is the, whole, yeah. is the hope. And I'm just hoping we move faster than, you know, at a snail's pace because that's how it feels. And I hope that we can put a description so that when you Google something that our podcast pops up as part of that discussion. Like, I want us to help be that. If Hollywood Reporter wants to know, you can hit any one of us four up, okay? Because we have thoughts and opinions. FYI. All right. Well, speaking of more Asians on TV, Leonard and Remy are both Asians that are on your TV. TV. And we'll talk more to them about that after this break. Woo! Hello, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. This podcast, of course, is brought to you by Collaboration, a national nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting to creative talents of our communities. We don't have that many updates this week, so um, I'll just go through some quick announcements and get you back to the show with Leonard and Remy. Um, But congratulations to Collaboration Chicago, LA, and DC for completing their showcases these past two weeks. We have one left for the month of July, and that's Collaboration Houston taking place Saturday, July 30th at the University of Houston Student Center. Show starts at 6 p.m., and if you're in the Houston area, you can find out how you can get tickets at the Collaboration Houston Facebook page. Don't forget to also check out collaboration.org for the latest updates in the Collaboration Network, as well as new content going up all the time, including video content, blog articles, and podcasts such as this one. As always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast with any topics, feedback, or to inquire about opportunities, you can email us at podcast at collaboration.org. We always look forward to hearing from our listeners. And that's it for this break. Thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. I hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. And don't forget to check out our past episodes all over at collaboration.org. But for now, let's get you back to the show. And welcome back. You're listening to episode 77 of the Clubcast. Lucky 77. Lucky 77. We're here with our guests, Leonard Wu and Remy He, who are part of the Netflix series Marco Polo season two. Um, you can pull up your IMDb to see your character. Well, now you we're going to do all your records. Yeah, you talk about <laughs> yeah, that. Let them. Yeah, um, we like to plug you guys and <laughs> talk you up. Uh, I play uh, the role of Prince Jingham on the show, the son of Kublai Khan and... Um, heir to the uh to the mongol empire yeah Ooh. 
no I, big play, deal. <laughs> I, I play Oris, um, who is the son of Kaidu, who thinks that he should be the heir to the, <laughs> to the Mongol oh, Empire. So we'll see about drama. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I watched season one. I, 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 this is the we preface all of this. I barely watch TV, which is funny because I'm trying to be on TV. I don't watch anything, which is terrible. But I actually really enjoyed Marco Polo, even though we've had friends who have had issue with it, um, with representation and things like that, and storyline and accuracy. Yeah. But um, as a show, as for entertainment value, I thought it was incredibly well done, and I I got pretty. That was I was surprised because usually I start a show, I get like 26 minutes in, I'm like I can't. I have other things to do. I have like an agenda to make. I'm sorry. I have to go th- do something. But I got, I think like six, six or seven episodes in to season one. Cool. It's pretty so impressive for Minji. That is really. Yeah. She w- doesn't watch anything. I don't. It took new. me seven years to watch Pro- Parks and Rec. So <laughs> no, I, and I'm totally going to go watch it because I got his and Josh is in it. Like I need to go watch. Yeah. It. It's it's epi- episode one. Nice. It's, it's in my queue, but mostly because Josh is in it. <laughs> well, seeing that it's my birthday, I can do whatever I want. I can like turn off my phone and just watch Netflix, so it's cool. But yeah, you guys, um, because we had Josh on for what like a while ago, a while ago, talking about he just just come back from Malaysia, mm-hmm. and he was talking about just the stunt team and the smoke and. The, <laughs> All that stuff, but how are your lungs, you know. by the way? <laughs> oh, I, I'm pretty sure we lost lost years off our lives. Yes. Yeah, yeah. well, not just there? not just from the battles, but like Malaysia was covered in smoke. That's what he would Snapchat. That's what I was watching was like every day. Literally, you couldn't see like smog. ten feet in front of you. It was so terrible. every every year, um, the Indonesians uh, pull off like one of the world's greatest illegal um, forest burnings, where they um, burn down huge tracts of rainforest and ecosystem to make way for. Um, Palm, palm oil palm. plantations mm. wow so habitats for endangered tigers it's and really, orangutans really um just completely uh obliterated and the fallout is is huge you've got like huge parts of tracks of asia southeast asia um, of, covered in of, smoke a lot smoke. of animals are on the brink of extinction yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> i actually saw that in a document i was at sundance in january and freaking a, i forgot the name of the documentary i was going off about it well, yeah, because palm oil is the main ingredient in a lot of beauty products. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so, not just yeah. beauty products. It's yeah. in a Foods. lot of... You can find it in a lot of our products. You look everywhere and it's just in everything because it's cheap. It's because cheap. it's Indonesia's uh, main industry and it's uh, it's cheap. Like, it's cheap to buy from Indonesia. And so, you know, a lot of farmers are unfortunately raising the rainforest. So we... All of that, it was disgusting. I mean, you could see pictures of Ground Zero in Indonesia. It was like literally like filter red. It's a wasteland. A wasteland, yeah. And then uh, that all that smoke would travel up to us, uh, passing a pour in, in, into where we were filming in Malaysia. And, That's uh, crazy. Yeah, How could, long were you guys filming there? Three months. Three okay. months? Yeah. yeah. Jeez. For a large part of that, you couldn't see the sun. Yeah. It was. Well, what happened was it was like it cleared up. And then we had our battle, and then we yeah. were, and then we were surrounded by diesel fumes and like di- <laughs> oh diesel smoke gosh. for for like another two or three weeks yeah. once it cleared up. So yeah. it was a, it was a pretty hectic shoot. They also said that the the Indonesian haze that one lasted longer than because of uh, of El Nino. Right. Because the rains right. shifted, because they're used to the raising the rainforest and then having the rains take care of it. The monsoon season. The monsoon season, but the monsoon season, uh, the pattern up. changed because it was coming over to you know the west coast. So it just lasted and it just kept burning and they couldn't control it. Well, then we can go into further people so, who don't believe in global warming. Right. If you ever need a good reason to like look at the label of a packet of like food yeah, or I try beauty products, I like know. check, it's check and see where uh, where where the palm oil certification is yeah, coming from. Absolutely, you know? I yeah. really appreciate you guys bringing that to light because I'm a total tree hugging person, which I don't. I wish wasn't the exception that there wasn't a label of like, oh, you care <laughs> about the environment. But um, I, that's a, just the unfortunate thing. I think a lot of people do, but it's like you just because there's like we talked about. There's so many corporations. You don't know where everything is like. 50,000 ingredients coming from 50 mm. different locations you, you yeah. don't know like yeah. Well, so it's, it's yeah it's the it's the trade-off between and we'll get back to entertainment and Mark <laughs> Wall in a second that's fine we're um, gonna talk it's about it's a trade-off what? between people wanting to buy shit cheap, cheap yep and corporations need to Absolutely. provide that value because Walmart is still like 60-70% of most retail companies like market share yep and if you're above a certain price point they don't take your product yeah so mm. yeah Dang. Capitalism. Yep. <laughs> mm. 
But I mean that. So had you guys gone to Malaysia before? So this was like your first time experiencing it, being on this project. My first time. Okay. I mean, Remy's incredibly well traveled. His his family's quite amazing that way. So I mean, he's been all over the world. Um, That's and, awesome. And he filmed season one too. So. Yeah, and we yeah, filmed yeah. season one. In I've seen you. I was like, I've seen Remy before. I didn't want to freak out, but I was like, oh, I've seen you in the episodes. He's so much cooler looking in season two. Everyone's cool. Yeah, season yeah. Season two is a really cool season. They leveled up with the costume it. department. Oh, well, leveled up. I mean, like, like they leveled up Jingham like. He's like he's like ninja status now. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. snap! Except ninjas are uh, Japanese. I know, I know. I'm Speaking of inaccuracy, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Well, he's heir to the Mongolian Empire, okay, right? Yes, yes. Which historically spanned like all of Asia into Europe. Exactly. That's quite a large. Uh, the largest, the largest land largest. empire yeah. in history. That's bigger than Alexander, bigger mm-hmm. than the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's very, what I was very cultural too. The yeah. Mongols like spread culture; like they were very much. Yeah, they, they had a very unique way of taking over mm-hmm. over their. You know, yeah. Season two talks a lot about yeah. that. How Kublai kind of deals with the politics of handling yeah. different cultures and stuff. So, yeah. interesting. I'm really fascinated by that. I, I was talking to Marvin. Like we've through collaboration, we we partner with all these other organizations, like the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival, San Diego Film Festival. And for me, I've always been kind of like a more of a pop culture nut, but I love that pop culture is like it's circling back to our roots and our history because that has still been this nebulous like fog of stuff that I know somewhat from my grandparents, somewhat from just like community. But I still feel like there's so much there's way, 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 way more that I don't know. And that, that's what I appreciate about collaboration bringing into my life through film festivals and through TV shows or getting to meet artists who work in those areas because it's like my heritage and I have no idea because like I've the Mongolian birthmark. That's like the main thing that I thought of when <laughs> yeah. we're talking about the Mongols because Korean people like all have the mm-hmm. blue mm-hmm. butt mark yeah. and they're like, oh, that means you're from Mongol right. blood. And I was right. like, I don't even know what that means, but OK. Like, <laughs> that's a thing. I just yeah. know that, th- that thing. That's that was my one tie. And now it's like I want to know what that means. And yeah. what is that I mean, that's kind of the, the East Asian inside joke is if you're a big dude, you probably have a little bit of Mongol in you. <laughs> they're like, OK, Genghis Khan. Because everyone says in China, it was like, oh, you're from the north right like you're from the north right, yeah, right closer right. to the inner mongolia yeah area. yeah and they were everywhere so yeah. it's, uh, chances <laughs> are probably not too slim that you have some some level of mongolian blood in you so. and now i feel more badass is what i'm saying like i'm <laughs> yeah. like okay i'm a warrior <laughs> like, yeah. i mean speaking of badass i mean this the, the cast of Marco Polo is pretty badass i mean you guys have like Joan Chen, yeah, Michelle Yeoh, um, ultra badass yeah. queen, yeah. Josh Hahn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's really cool that you know you have a show where it still like has like that the white lead as, as like the eyes of the audience because that's still how shows like these are made. Mm-hmm. But the main drama comes from that like, world. Yeah, that, that yeah. world where something that like this type of show wouldn't have been made if it wasn't for like Netflix or yeah. streaming or just this ability to have more ambitious and risky projects, right? right? Stars originally had the rights to the project um, and they dropped it when it got too tough. And mm-hmm. Netflix kind of came in there uh, and, and picked up the bill and, and they got it all happening, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very like high production value series. Oh, oh yeah. 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 That's what everyone knew huge, like right off the bat. They're like, huge. whoa. I mean, I, I, you see it on TV and it's one thing, but when you're there... I mean, I remember that first day I walked on the set and they, I was like, they built, nothing's green screen in, in, our, in our show. <laughs> Everything's built, like all real villages that they populate with, uh, was like hundreds of Mongolian extras. Yeah, yeah. We had um, 500 local construction guys working around the clock to build all the sets. Yeah. So yeah. you're like building their economy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hungary has a huge film production there, so... And yeah, it's like, yeah. Tons I wish you could work on the diesel fumes, that's all. Back back in Malaysia, like, we, we noticed that restaurants lived and died um, oh, yes. based on whether or not we were in <laughs> we town were there, shooting yeah, the yeah. Uh, uh, production it, it, or not. It's not quite developed enough yet, so literally it's like if there's no production happening, which generally was Marco Polo, then yeah, it's like there was no yeah. uh, there was no industry so nearby. The injection to the local months. economy was yeah, huge. Three yeah. months in Malaysia, three months in Hungary. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's interesting. It is interesting to note. And um, just going off what you were saying, Marvin, about, um, you know, having a white guy's lead as, as the eyes into the world, as, as, as the observer role that Marco plays. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, 
I think one of the great things about Orange is the New Black and the role mm-hmm. of Piper is that she serves a similar role. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, and I think a great thing about Marco Polo historically um, was the fact that without him, white guy or not, we actually wouldn't know um, as much as we do about the Mongols today. Um, the Mongols themselves are the first to admit that a lot of their history um, was lost. They've got a couple of surviving books and texts, um, but really uh, a lot of holes were filled in by Marco Polo's accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of people have made comment on the fact that in the second season, the um, like Marco Polo as a character becomes a lot less vital to the plot. Very much an observer. And, uh, and, and really, the, the major players here are Benedict ben, Wong, Benedict Wong yeah. as Kublai Khan. God, he's amazing. I so love him. Rick Yoon as Kaidu. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's you, really their story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've got an amazing show with incredible Asian actors just having at it, you know, in, in roles that, that we've never been afforded to play before absolutely. in the past, and yeah. they're absolutely killing it. Yeah. Cannot wait. Oh, I'm really excited to watch it now. I mean, it, I was, but now it probably more. can open the door because I've wrestled this a lot, like just thinking about the, just all the great stories we grew up with. Like my parents are Taiwanese, we come from China, and there's so many great stories, like the the Legend of Three Kingdoms and mm. all these, like even the, the Civil War and things like that, where the stories that are distinctly Chinese, and then these are historical stories that, like, if you think about, it, are pretty badass, right? Like the the whole the the whole concept of the Mongolian Empire is something that you know your show explores and has all these great characters there's been so many shows i feel like that are successful based on those like whether it's fantasy like game of thrones or just like how many how many how many movies and shows and spinoffs have there been about like the knights of the round table or like about arthur and all that which guy richie's got another one coming out oh my god i see it will never stop might i add so this is really cool tom Wu, an english actor who plays hundred eyes in marco Mm. polo is um (laughs) one of king arthur's knights yeah oh my gosh i I don't know how they address that i don't know if they even plan to i think that's what nick was talking about the cowboy thing and the knights when we first started filming in hungary he was he was just wrapping up there so he was flying back and forth between the uk and hungary and uh yeah that was cool that's awesome yeah there's all these settings that you use like 1920 Shanghai would be a perfect like mobster story. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like, but um, that would never be aired in China because they have so many restrictions about yeah, the content yeah, that there's yeah, yeah. so you're missing uh, my, it's coming from a business standpoint, they'd be like, they're not gonna green light that because they're like, Well, we can't because we're gonna miss out on the billions of viewership that yeah. we, we want from that's China. That's the thing though, like you look at Chinese like media, there's only really like three settings. Right? There's modern day, there's like Ming and Qing Dynasty, China, and then there's nineteen twenty Shanghai. Because that was that's like a very a cultural touch point, and a lot of people were like, you know, I'm thinking of like gangs Kung in New York Hustle, right now. Yeah, like everyone's wearing like the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. newsy cap, and that was when you had the whole jazz clubs and things like mm-hmm. that. Like that's still a really big speakeasies. A lot of there's been a lot of Chinese fat movies just set in that that time period because he's apparently now like the yeah. Godfather. Yeah, from Macau. Yeah, yeah. I want to make I, I have all these ideas of like Korean American films just because like people have their perspectives about the war and about. North and South Korea and like all these mis- I'm so sick of still people asking are you from North or South Korea oh god <laughs> I like I escaped just- keep it quiet <laughs> <laughs> well the crazy thing is my grandma did escape and she went through like there was a movie that came out last year or two years ago Ode to My Father which shook me to my core because wow. that I found out and all of the things I found out about my grandmother were in the last 10 years I didn't know this for the first two decades of my life that my grandma had suffered through this really incredible trauma and I'd been separated from her family and almost died and all these things. I didn't know this about my grandma until I was in my mid twenties. And then I watched this movie that made it. They like showed what happened when they were trying to escape the North and what was happening. And it broke me. And I was like, how did I not know? How did I not care? How did I never ask these questions? And then now that I do know where I go from here, because now that opened a whole other question, like, about my history and about my heritage. Like, how did I go this whole time just try to be Alicia Silverstone from Clueless <laughs> where, like, I have all this rich history that was completely, I was oblivious to, and yeah. it was really, that, that upset me, but now it's kind of like, I'm reaffirming it as like, okay, now I, I have much more appreciation. Now I want to see what we can do with that. And this is like an untapped vein of stories that, you know, people joke about Hollywood running, running out of ideas. You know, There's about- so many ideas. <laughs> We're like we've shared eight trillion on this yeah. podcast. After they're done, <laughs> just listen to Cloudcast. Well, it's like yeah. they they have to get over the fact that it means that it's not going to be a white male. Yeah, yeah. That's what or Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Sorry, we're not going to let her um, be cast if they want to tell these stories. You yeah, know, so. yeah. And like we're saying, we're hurling towards a world where like it's going to be diverse. You know, that's his diverse. That is that is the world 
that I mean, there's lots of worlds we can be hurling towards, but that's the one I hope that will happen. Say it out loud, Marvin. And say it out loud. You know, let's start making media for that world. You know. You know, it's crazy. Um, a converse, So there, there's this artist collective in LA called Leon the Eighth. And we had this, the last eighth that was actually at the, the end of the week, that awful week where we had the Baton Rouge shooting and the Minnesota shooting that happened that week. And we had this town hall where all we just ended up talking for a couple hours and we just needed like a therapy session to just talk about our feelings because everyone was so in pain and devastated and angry and all these different things. But one of the attendees... Um, Robin, she's wonderful, and she's she's African American, and so she shared her thoughts. Being one of two African, everyone else is Asian, but she was like, "I'm so glad that I was welcomed to this group because I didn't think I was allowed to like participate in what you guys do in your artist collective because it's Asian, right?" So she just like, it didn't. Not that you guys were exclusive, but it just feels like I'm not part of your story. I'm not part of your your right. uh, plight so but then she she's like i'm so grateful that you guys were so welcoming because i didn't know asian people were upset with their lack of representation representation wow. she's like i didn't think about that i'm thinking about my issues with the black community right. and she's like i've never it never crossed my mind until i came into this group and heard you guys talking about it so with such passion and with such you know ambition and such anger she's like i didn't know it mattered and didn't know that it was a thing and then once that was brought to her awareness now she's like i see it everywhere right. <laughs> well that's, that's like, just yeah. it is like that's you know which is a great thing because i think a lot of us why would you it's if it's outside your bubble you're not going to know right but what it is is that when that bubble is like somebody pokes at it and it's you it reveals something yeah you can't deny it anymore yeah, yeah. And, and it puts the onus on us to be more vocal absolutely you know in yeah. our discussions to to like say how we feel right you know and don't be afraid of that yeah. You're like the one that's stirring the pot. Well, who cares? Stir that pot. Yeah. I mean, that's Splatter the general it. message is we got to stop being sorry for feeling things. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot. Of, people recognize that during that meeting. They're like, I want to stop apologizing yeah. before I speak my <laughs> it's also, mind. It's, it's also ingrained in our culture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> sorry, but I'm sorry. So, I mean, literally sorry. our like, please and excuse me is sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Pretty much. That is so true. I even yeah. think about it. It is replaces please and excuse me. <laughs> the same words, you know. But I did want to um, bring this to your guys' show and shooting it because yeah. you know, we heard a lot from Josh about just how international this crew was. You know, you're working with stuntmen from, from Germany, from Europe, from Asia, from Over everywhere. 35 different countries. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. That's so cool. You really do have an international family. You can just go to like... Uh, really, truly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. How was that preparation? Like, I'm sure it's... From what he snapped and told, it sounded pretty like intense, it's intense. and... And but, I mean, Remy's had to do two years of it. You should ask him. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, from an acting perspective, um, I mean, this is definitely the most intensive role that I've ever taken. Truly, like, I mean, just just the physical dedication that it takes to be able to pull off a lot of those action and oh. battle scenes. So, I mean, um, Leonard and I, we, you know, uh, a standard daily routine would be like an hour of weightlifting, an hour of um, martial arts, kung fu training, an hour of choreography, and then if you can squeeze it in, get in your archery or your horse riding or. Yeah, um, and that's and that's you know <laughs> that's not even looking at your scripts. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and to say and, and like basically, if you are playing a warrior on the show, it would be if you're not filming, you're training, so you don't have days off. Yeah. So it's it's intense. Is like, it a seven they, day they, week? Like you don't. It's have not that. seven days. It was six the first season. Yeah. I mean, this week, yeah. this year was five days. So yeah. which I spent. You just spent the weekend recovering from. Yeah. Pants <laughs> you're, in. you're like laying there. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, one of the one of the beautiful <laughs> things was uh, 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 Remy in in Hungary. He introduced me to this like Tiger Bomb Epsom salt bath. I was just thinking <laughs> of that. I, was, I literally was. Just I was like, <laughs> I would spend every other night in the bathtub. <laughs> I said, I was like, I was about I to say was, you're soaking in an Epsom salt bath. Yeah, Tiger yeah. bomb. It was brilliant. Oh, yeah. and I, I was, I mean, you could I was, barely move. I was in so much pain yeah. like the first month. So all um, of you athletes yeah. and uh, CrossFit people <laughs> and all the martial artists, Tiger bomb have some yeah. Well, I'm sure because you guys all need to look really buff on camera, right? Well, yeah, how do you feel like that? How do you guys feel watching yourself? That's also my thing is like I had to learn with just even self-tape auditions or whatever. I'm like, oh, it's the worst thing. to Like, let's review. <laughs> Oh, like it's the worst feeling to watch yourself. I'm sure you guys are really used to that now. It depends. It depends from project to project. Yeah, yeah. For me on Marco Polo, it's kind of easy to be honest because yeah. so much of like my um, 
my appearance disappears inside the character. I totally. you know, like all these costumes, the wigs. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, so cool. I think that's that me too. Stuff. It's like you just div- you disappear into the character and you, you become something else. And also, and also, I think because you're surrounded by benedict wong it is a wonderfully ensemble (laughs) cast you know it's it's never really just on you it's the whole team is pushing the ball forward and that you know it's a huge story that um crosses multiple characters and multiple storylines so everyone's kind of working together yeah yeah i'm such a huge fan of benedict he's just incredible nicest nicest man his presence is like undeniable and i was like dang you can see him coming up next in dr strange Dr. strange yeah nice Yeah. yeah That's so cool. Yeah. So th- I think that's awesome too. Then you get to work beside someone so awesome. And then you guys, as you're developing as actors and continue, like that's, I, I just, that's like a dream. I would want to be on a set with someone like amazing well, and then just keep I think, watching I think, them. I think it's fair to say that kind of like Benedict is the, you know, the veteran and the leader of the group, right? He kind of sets the tone. I mean, and so it's like, you kind of look up to him in that respect and it's like, however he is on set, that's how you're going to behave. And he's a generous, yeah. generous, generous actor. True so professional. True professional, so you you know you just kind of follow in those footsteps. That's so cool. I yeah. wish I could ask you all the secrets, but I bet you can't share things. <laughs> <laughs> well, what will you, will you ask? <laughs> well, I know Season's like PR. out. So. Yeah. Well, I want to. Well, okay. The silly question. One of the things I ever was like, if I ever get to talk to people on Marco Polo, <laughs> but you guys don't have the power to do this. But I was like, I want a motion for like. There's so many naked women. Mm. We should have more naked men. Mm. I'm just saying. Let's <laughs> even it out. You gotta watch season two. Yeah, okay. watch season two. I will watch, watch season, season two, two and report that, back. That concern with stress. You know what? Like, I'll, I'll say it. Like, <laughs> I, I was, was actually naked men. I was. <laughs> I was a real vocal proponent for the same thing. I was constantly <laughs> in the ear of uh, Patrick McManus, our uh, our show creator, yeah. uh, uh, um, one of our showrunners last year, and I was saying the the same damn thing. It's like you can't have it just one way, you know. Thank you. I, I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't like putting my hand up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, like, let's see it, you know. <laughs> free free the breathe it yeah 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 free yourself I, you know i i think season two does address that i think yeah. that it's more balanced great yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you well that's i'm saying that as an asian and also just because you know i appreciate a nice looking naked guy not as much as i think guys appreciate naked women but like i'm saying as an asian woman it's that's the fetishized like sure, part right. of our mm, lives right. that sure. we're looked upon as objects yeah. for a long period of time. And it has changed drastically. I'm not going on this tirade like, oh, they were only objects. But a lot of the representation is to to like, oh, bask in the Asian beauty. Like, it just makes me think of Rush Hour. Sure. It's mm. just like, here's your buffet of Asian women and you know, they're clad and it's just all of it. I, I gotta say, with the second season, you have... I mean, just wait until you watch it. They're, the women on the show are so impressive. Oh, no, and yeah, I saw that yeah. in, even in season one. Oh, like, no, no, but like they, they really, and I'm not talking, like I'm saying like they, those issues, I totally hear you and I think it's like, it's like this show is in many ways, like you have Benny who is Benedict who is like Kublai, but he doesn't work without Joan who plays Chabi, his wife. Like yeah. she runs him like this. Season two <laughs> really reveals just how much he can't operate without her. Yeah. Like that's what I mean is like, you know, and then uh, I play the sister to Claudia. Uh, uh, she plays Kutulin, who's mm-hmm. the wrestler girl. And a real historical figure. Yeah, real historical. And she's badass, you know. So they're badass in their different elements. Like when it comes to the politicking, um, Joan's amazing at that. And then when it comes to fighting and stuff, Claudia does some amazing stuff. So yeah, I think there's a very, very rich, strong female characters. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and speaking oh. of veteran actors, like Joan's been in the game a long time too and Twin Peaks and all that. Yeah, yeah. Queen. So it's a killer cast. Yeah. Also, Rick Yoon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Josh's cousin. Yeah. What were you going to say, Romy? Yeah. Sorry? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys got to go now so I can watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that she knows there's there's wieners. She's I don't saying. want wieners. I'm saying, like, I want some pecs. I want some, like, shoulders, man. Like, Oh, I'm yeah, there's, sh- there's shoulders. There's, there's <laughs> At least get shirtless, I'm saying. Like, you have all these naked, like... <laughs> watch the show to, to I will yeah. I'm saying like let's even everyone was like are you gonna go tell them like put clothes on the on the concubines I was like no I'm gonna tell them to take the clothes off the men yeah. too yeah. <laughs> really I funny. think it's safe to say we did that so. I mean you guys work so hard every day right, right? like and honestly and then that went into the conversation of so it was like the feminist discussion it was all it was all in good fun we're just mm. you know joking but serious but it's also the issue of showing sexy Asian men like I Mm. personally know so many sexy Asian men but like all that I see on TV are you know guys that 
Like, I'm sorry, because I could agency taken away from them. I yeah. Mean, the table and here, sex Asian men. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm sitting me. with four sexy Asian men and that's my world and I've dated them and like all that. But like when I turn on TV and I watch The Hangover, that like sure. pissed me off so much. And that's what I, uh, I just get sick of. I'm very big advocate for Asian men too. It's not yeah. just about defending women. Well, I think that's just the beauty of having a show like Marco Polo where it's, you, if you have so many, if it's 99% Asian, you can't have... Just one type. Just one type. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's what I appreciate. You know, right? So, yeah, you're going to have a variety of very different types. Very yeah. cool. Awesome. Props well, to you guys. You, the listener, can watch Marco Polo Season 2 now. But if you haven't watched Season 1 yet, watch that first. So you can you get, can up get the speed. story yeah, yeah, and know what's going on. binge it all now on Netflix. That's so cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Leonard and Remy, for joining us this week. And Josh in the back. <laughs> if you ever wondered what that uh, like high pitched sound in the background was, that was Josh. <laughs> yeah. I can't even be as high pitched as. <laughs> um, that'll do it for this episode of the Clapcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This this was episode seventy seven. Actually, well, can we get there? Um, how we they can find out more? Yeah, that's them? next. Oh, excuse me, I apologize. So, if people want to find out more, change the order. If people would like to um, see more of your stuff, where can they go? Or find out what you're up to. Yeah, um, I'm on all, all the social medias. Um, Remy He, R-E-M-Y-H-I-I on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, mine's uh, I am Leonard Wu, W-U, uh, both Instagram and Twitter. Was Leonard Wu taken already? Yeah. Damn <laughs> that guy. I'm, I'm late to the social Other media. Leonard Wu. <laughs> he's just sitting on it too. He's not doing anything with it. That's how I feel about my Twitter handle. It's not the same as my Instagram because she's like, yeah. It means it's been Jeezy with four E's. On Twitter, when, once you've got the blue tick though, you can like you can muscle them out. Like <laughs> I gotta get the blue tick though. Back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotta get verified. Um, thanks so much for listening again. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, on Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts through our RSS feed. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us with uh, getting our stuff out there to more people, and also makes us feel good. Unless you give us a bad rating, then it makes me feel sad. But it, that Please still helps. That. It still helps. Thanks to Inshoa for use of her uh, song Mouse Deer for this month's intro and outro. And yeah, that's it for this episode. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye, everyone. Thank you. My naked soul, you babe.